You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Jay Bradley, and thanks for joining us. Tonight on the final normal edition of Ithaca Now this semester, and my last time hosting, we'll be sharing stories of graduating seniors involved with WICB, and correspondent Michael Memes will be following up his conversation last semester with Lana kennedy Brohl a TikTok influencer and mom who returned to finish her studies at Cornell. But first, we have Christian Maitri and Michael Memis with Community Beat and George Christopher with this week's Politics Beat. A new local law will require employers to disclose salary ranges. The legislation requires minimum and maximum hourly pay or salary ranges to be listed when companies solicit job applications for open positions. The legislation is meant to reduce the chances of pay discrimination across the city. It was passed in the Common Council meeting this week in a 9-to-1 vote. Ithaca's first black fraternity, founded by Cornell students in 1906, will be celebrating the purchase of two properties that will serve as a memorial and the organization's first physical fraternity. The celebration will commence on May 13th and will last till the 15th. Speakers will include the fraternity's president, Martha E. Polak, Ithaca's acting mayor, Laura Lewis, and their historian, Robert L. Harris Jr. Ithaca College Student Affairs Vice President Rosanna Farrow is leaving Ithaca College. She will join College Track, where former IC President Shirley Collado left for this year to become president of. Dean of Students Bonnie Prunty has been named as the successor and will serve in the position until 2024. Marsha Dawson, who works in Student Affairs, will take Prunty's position as Dean of Students. The implementation of the Reimagining Public Safety Plan in Ithaca has been slowed by a request for an ethics investigation into former Mayor Savante Myrick's involvement in the plan. Alderperson Cynthia Brock requested the investigation, who claimed he promised himself and other colleagues in the task force payment for instituting the plan without the Common Council's permission. She also claimed that Myrick enlisted the help of the Center for Policing Police Equity Research Center without council permission as well. The On Wednesday, a protest was held at the Bernie Milton Pavilion in the Commons. This comes after a leaked draft of a decision made by Supreme Court Justice Alito, which would overturn Roe v. Wade. New York has codified the protections in Roe v. Wade into law, though nearly half the states in the country have anti-abortion laws they have passed or that will go in effect if Roe v. Wade is overturned. The protest was organized by Planned Parenthood of New York, and over 100 people gathered. For Christian Maitri, I'm Michael Memes. This is your weekly politics beat. I'm George Christopher. The Tompkins County Independent Redistricting Commission has proposed a new electoral map for the county legislature. According to the Ithaca Voice, the proposal would raise the number of seats in the legislature to 16. The map was also drawn to closely match the Ithaca City Ward map to reduce voter confusion. 15 of the 16 proposed districts voted for President Joe Biden, while one voted for former President Trump in the 2020 presidential election. The new map would also place 2nd District Legislator Veronica Pilar and 4th District Legislator Rich John into the same district. Legislators must live in the districts they represent. On Tuesday, activists gathered at the Bernie Milton Pavilion on the Ithaca Commons to protest the recent draft decision from the Supreme Court that would overturn Roe v. Wade. According to the Ithaca Voice, dozens arrived by 5.15 holding signs, chanting, and listening to various speakers. The draft decision is not yet final, but seems to indicate the court is preparing to overturn a 50-year precedent establishing the right to an abortion. Meanwhile, Governor Kathy Hochul has pledged to make New York State a safe harbor for women from around the country seeking abortions. According to Politico, Hochul said the state would seek federal funds to assist with a potential influx of patients. New York codified Roe v. Wade into law in 2019, allowing for abortions in the first 24 weeks of pregnancy or when the fetus is not viable outside the womb. Abortions are permitted outside that window if a person's life or health is at risk. Earlier this week, Governor Hochul named Congressman Antonio Delgado as the state's new lieutenant governor. 
Delgado has represented New York's 19th Congressional District since 2019. Previous LG Brian Benjamin resigned last month after being indicted for his part in a bribery scheme. Delgado has also been placed on the Democratic primary ballot for lieutenant governor. Also in the primary race for LG is activist Anna Maria Archila and former New York City Councilor Diana Reyna. Reporting for Ithaca Now, I'm George Christopher. You're listening to Ithaca Now. I'm your host, Jay Bradley. Graduating senior and WICB correspondent Michael Memes got the opportunity to talk to Lana Kennedy Broll again, a TikTok star and mom who returned to Cornell to finish her studies after six and a half years. Memes first interviewed Broll at the beginning of the fall semester in 2021. That interview can be found on our website, WICB.org news. At the beginning of the semester, I interviewed Lana Kennedy Broll, who I discovered on TikTok of all places. She took a leave of absence after struggling her first semester at Cornell and ended up staying in California for six and a half years. She thought she squandered her opportunity at the Ivy League school, but recently discovered she could come back after all the years away. She has nearly completed the redo of her first semester as a 35-year-old single mom. After the first interview, we agreed to do a follow-up later in the semester. Here is that follow-up. Last time I interviewed, obviously, a while ago. It was January. So I guess, um, how has your semester gone uh, so far? I know you're almost finished with it. It didn't go like I thought it would go. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think I'm passing all my classes, so that's incredible. And it was a lot harder than I expected, all of it. You know, I know at the end of the last interview, you asked, you know, how are you going to do it? Like, how how are you going to do it with being a single mom and you know, returning after not being in school for 20 years. Well, I mean, had I known then what I know now, I wouldn't have come, <laughs> but not in a bad way. You know, like now that I'm here and I've made it through this semester almost, I would say that it was, it's mainly like financial challenges that I wasn't that I didn't understand how things worked financially. Um, and when I was getting full aid and how student loans worked and what exactly I could get loans for, um, it took a really long time for my, my aid to be processed like months into the semester. Uh, so a lot of my adult pre-existing adult life and expenses, uh, detracted from, me being able to like focus on school like I wanted to. So it took a lot longer to to figure out a schedule. And it's been really hard, just all of it. And, but really great <laughs> at the same time. So there's a lot of things that now that I understand the financial side of things, like I'm gonna have to sell my truck. Like I'm not gonna be able to, to keep that. My credit took a pretty big hit the first few months that I've been here because of things not being processed. And that was really tough to swallow because I spent 20 years building it. So all of the things, so had I known that that would like, I would have to give up my vehicle and all of this stuff eventually, I wouldn't have made that choice, I guess, before. But now that I'm here, the cost benefit, I guess, of everything, you know, like what, do I really need the vehicle? Like I hardly drive anywhere right now anyway. And do I need to take out more debt to pay for my debt? You know, it's just like, I'll be in a better situation when I leave here um, because everything's accessible here with the buses and I'm busy a lot with school and I don't know, it's not so bad. So now that I've, I understand how things work in that sense and I've processed it and accepted it, I think, you know, it's really, it's worth it. <laughs> it's uh, I wouldn't have made the decision, you know, like I would have been too afraid, I think to knowingly like take such a big step back when my whole life as an adult was focused on, you know, like building credit and all of that stuff. And I think once I'm more settled and with all of that, I think that it'll be like a big weight off my back, like not trying to have to figure out how I'm going to pay for my truck or, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. So that would be like the biggest thing I'd say to you know, now I understand why people were like, wow, that's really amazing that, you, you know, after all of these years in real life, like you're coming back to school and 
I get it because there was a lot more to it that I didn't understand. But at the same time, I'm glad I didn't know then what I know now, because I'm glad that I'm here. (laughs) You know, like I'm glad that it worked out this way. It's way more work than community college. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I told you, did I tell you I did a semester of community college the spring before? No. Yeah. So after I went through chemo and then I got rheumatoid arthritis from my treatment, I was still really feeling like I needed to get some kind of degree just because it is hard to find something that pays you appropriately if you don't have a degree when you're a single parent and all of it. So I had enrolled in community college back in Western New York and I was in the paralegal program and I did one semester there. It was a spring semester. And honestly, actually that helped me get back into Cornell when I found out I could come back in because I I was like on the Dean's list um, for that one semester that I did there. I didn't know Cornell was an option when I did that. I was just like, oh, well, I'll go and like be a paralegal. So, um, and that was all online because of COVID. (laughs) It did not prepare me for this (laughs) at all, at all. I mean, I took 15 credits, I think then, and I took 13, maybe this time, this semester. Oh my gosh. Like it's, I, I saw a TikTok the other day that was, it was really great because it was like, well, it turns out the rigorous or what is the academically rigorous institution that I decided to attend is indeed academic (laughs) or rigorous academically. And uh, that is my entire vibe right now is it's a lot and I'm proud of myself and it's, it's just been a lot of like ups and downs. Prelims were really hard with my son. A lot of them were at night. I didn't realize that. I don't know. Is that how it is in Ithaca College or? Uh, I mean, I haven't had any prelims. Uh, it's probably just because different majors or whatever. Yeah. So like, and so they're like midterms, but you have like multiple. And a lot of them are at like 6.30 or 7.30 at night. And then they're like two or three hours long. <laughs> and that was something I didn't account for prior to coming. So um, a couple of my professors were really understanding and flexible and they had no problem offering me a time during the day on one of the days, like I didn't, where I had an opening in classes and another one was not as (laughs) easy to work with, but um, those were like added challenges, I would say. And then I just can't believe how much reading there is in college. (laughs) I mean, is that, oh, and a lot of times I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I hate reading. This is horrible. And it's not so much that I hate reading. I I have ADHD, so it's just a, a big challenge. And it's really like a, you know, if you don't have the motivation, you, it doesn't matter (laughs) like that you should do it. Or when it's due, like you, if you don't have the motivation, you just can't get through to focus. So it's been a lot. And then especially, you know, just being a parent and not being able to utilize like the, the libraries, because it's way easier to work at a library than it is at home. Even if you're not like in a dorm, (laughs) it's just easier. I found my favorite spots in the stacks of some of the libraries. Um, and I kind of have a little routine and I have like one or two friends, not that I hang out with them. They're like kids, but it's nice to like, sometimes we'll do work together or I don't know. It's been a ride (laughs) for sure. And I, I, I'm just happy to be here like with you doing this because honestly, at our last one, I sure hoped I would make it here. And I'm like, I've got to, but there were some times where, I mean, it's just very overwhelming to try to make it all work. And I'm not a planner. So <laughs> I I've definitely empathize you with the reading. I have ADHD as well. So I definitely get that completely. 
Now, uh, you did mention the financial aid, and I know last time you had still been on the process of that. Were you able to get back the financial aid that you had during your initial stint in college, or was it partial, or what ended up happening with that? I know you said you didn't get it for a few months. Yeah, so I was. And it's. I guess it's not so much like the initial, it's not like that was reapplied. It was. It's kind of like, it's a case-by-case thing with them, and they have like a really huge comprehensive aid package for, you know, low income or like students who need it. And so I was able to get full aid. And then I've had to take out some of the loans that I've had to take out cover part of my rent because I'm on campus. And it's a like, so they don't pay for the months that like, you can't get aid for the months you're not in school. And I couldn't get aid for having a two bedroom because for me and my son, just the one bedroom. So some of the loans I had to take out, like were the difference of, you know, from having a one bedroom to having a two bedroom or something like that. But really, you know, the majority, I'd say like 99% I've gotten aid, just Cornell aid, like the Cornell it's, I think it's called Cornell grant maybe. And it's, um, it's like their own financial aid package. I mean, obviously I had like whatever federal money too, but beyond that, it's a very significant amount in aid. So that I'm very grateful for. It worked out. But again, I, I just assumed that I would be able to take out loans for other things, given my situation that I can't be the only one in the world <laughs> to be going through this, but apparently you know, other people understand how it works and they don't go into it with a car loan and a bunch of credit card bills. And it's probably why people don't do it because you can't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I did get my full aid back. That's definitely good. And you mentioned how it has been, you know, definitely a, a struggle the first semester. Are there any future strategies you plan to kind of do do for the rest of your college experience um, that you maybe didn't apply in uh, this semester? Yes. Well, okay. So actually the, the, like this last week I've found a Chrome extension. Do you know about Chrome extensions? Yes, I do. Okay. Like all of this stuff is really new to me. And I think I would, again, TikTok, you know, like I searched on there, like, you know, study tips or things like that. And I found this really great extension and it's called Swift read, I think for, so it like, pops up one word at a time and it highlights like the middle letter and it, so you don't have to track with your eyes and it just kind of like spits out the words and it's kind of hard to adjust to at first, but after like five minutes of using it, I mean, it's incredible. So I would say that Chrome extension is going to change my whole life. Cause really, really the, one of the largest things like I've struggled with is the reading there's, you know, for classes that meet, twice a week. It's not like you have one thing assigned for the week, which I didn't realize going into this. It's like you have to do 60 pages of reading for each class, no matter how many times it meets a week, and then more work on top of that. And I think getting behind in the reading is what kind of put me behind in general, and not knowing how to like skim and not knowing how to like how important it was to read every single word or how much was going to be expected of me, how many questions were going to be asked on it. And I think um, now knowing that like most kids don't read everything, <laughs> it turns out, but finding just little hacks and not putting as much pressure on myself to read every single word and just focus on getting through what I can. I think that's going to be something that helps me And, oh, I've learned how to book rooms like in the library or at like the hotel school and you can reserve a private room or something. I think that's helpful because I, with ADHD, like just even people being around, like I can't just focus on my, you know, people will sit down in the middle of a lobby or Starbucks and they just do their work. Like I can't do that. I'm way too distracted. So I think that's something that I will utilize in the future. And hmm, I don't know. I mean, I think I need to find an after school program for my son. <laughs> so I have like a little bit extra time 
if I need to go to more office hours or something, because that's another thing that's hard to do being a single mom. It's a lot of office hours are in the evenings or during the day. And it's like my schedule is so tight considering I have to be home by like 220 that things that I didn't really get to utilize. The reading is the big one for me. That's definitely fair because there is a ton of reading as, as you made it sound. I'm curious because you had mentioned previously you'd been enrolled in the hotel school, but you had been planning to change it. What is your major now? And I guess why? Yeah. So when I returned my plan, I fully intended on transferring nowhere specific, but I had some ideas. Um, But each college within Cornell has its own rules as far as when you can transfer Um, And then if you're transferring into a different college, then they have their own rules for when you can transfer in. So you kind of have to make sure everything in each school's like handbook matches up. And I believe with the Cornell school, I couldn't transfer for a year anyway. So since this is my like redo of my first semester, I don't count for a year. (laughs) And honestly, and surprisingly, I'm leaning towards staying in the hotel school. For a lot of reasons, <laughs> I would say mainly because the core curriculum is very heavy. If I already have to take all these core classes, you know, that are specific to that degree, and then I can't change for a year, like how much longer, you know, will it take and how much more would I need to do? And I don't really have a lot of room to fit in classes that might go towards like another requirement. So a big reason is time. And I have realized though, that hotels kind of can go anywhere. And I think for me, just the name hotel in the school is what kind of like puts that in your head. Like, well, I really, you know, I'm 36 years old now and I worked in a casino for so many years. I did customer service stuff. I don't want to be in hospitality. That was a big part of my like thinking when I was coming back, like, no, I don't want to do customer service stuff. Um, But there's a lot of people who go into consulting, like business consulting, so many different areas in like financial roles. And I'm really enjoying my financial accounting class, maybe because there's not as much reading and writing. I don't know, but it's like a puzzle kind of. And I really enjoy that. So I've realized I don't have to like go work in a hotel, basically. And that it is a really incredible school, you know, they're like the best in the world for what they do. And so many people go into consulting, um, entrepreneurship, again, finance. So I would say those would be the direction I'm heading. I kind of want to minor in computer science, though, just because I feel like the, that's the direction the world is going in. So why wouldn't I, you know, have knowledge about information systems and things like that? Because I think that's just going to be really important and give you like a leg up in any area. Part of the reason I minded web programming is because coding is such a big thing, you know, in the world today. Now, I'm curious, you mentioned you had, uh, I think, one or two friends, but uh, what has your social life been like uh, throughout this semester? There has not been a social life. (laughs) So my son did go home during his, so his school breaks don't match up with my school breaks. They're like a week off. So I would take him home to Western New York to his dad and grandma, and he'd be there for like a week and then I'd go pick him back up. So it was nice to have two weeks where I just got to go to school and go to the library afterwards. But really what I did was try to catch up on some of the stuff I was behind on and just go to the library more. (laughs) No 20 year olds are inviting me to hang out after school hours. And I'm not trying to go find any (laughs) place to hang out. I mean, I really like them. It's not, you know, they're, they're great, but they see me as an old person and that's fine. (laughs) So it's not really, and I don't really have the chance to meet other people or I know there's so many groups for moms and kids and everything, but I haven't even had like the mental capacity to look into that stuff with just trying to, you know, do what I need to do 
for me and Max and for school. And like I said, all of the financial stuff, there is no social life. It's me and Max playing Mario Kart is my social life. And I force him to play with me. So at least it's a good game. I would say Mario Kart's a good game. You kind of mentioned a good amount of it. My first question, but I guess what have you learned um, in this first semester? Not in class, obviously, but more like in life. I have learned that it's certainly not easy, but it is doable. And I've also learned that I'm capable and I can do hard things. You know, like it's at the beginning, there was so much that was new, so many things I didn't understand. I didn't know how to enroll in classes. You know, I didn't understand how that worked. I didn't understand how financial aid worked. I didn't understand how student loans worked. I didn't understand, I mean, so much. There was so much that I did not know. And and it was really overwhelming and scary. But to be where I'm at now is I feel so much more comfortable. It's not like I'm walking around like a lost puppy, like I felt in the beginning. And I felt like everyone knew where they were going. And I felt like I was just in a world that like wasn't for me <laughs> or I didn't fit into. And now I don't feel that way anymore. I, I feel like I'm here, <laughs> you know, not like I'm just visiting, like, like I'm here and I'm doing it. And it's different from what it would have been 20 years ago. Like I'm not, I'm kind of, there's, it was one extreme before, right. Where I didn't really have the experience because I didn't really go to class and I didn't really do all of the normal things that students who stay in college all four years do. Um, and now here this time, it's the other extreme where I don't really, you know, I go to class and I do the work, but I don't engage in like, all of the events and all of the activities. So I'll never fully have that experience, you know, the college experience, the typical college experience, which I guess, I don't know if I thought that I would coming back where I, th I kind of thought I would, but being here and going through it and then just having the couple of friends that I have and hearing, you know, what their life is like, their actual college life is like, I realized that like I had this the experience on this end and then now this end and I'll take it, <laughs> but it's still kind of like a very unique path, you know, that, that I'm kind of on my own in, in going down this path. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to have the summer to kind of like get my bearings <laughs> and reassess and prepare now that I have a semester behind me. And I mean, even so, it's just like, gosh, what else have I learned? Time goes so quickly. You know, I thought once I became a mom that every year since I've become a mom, it's gone faster than the year before. And for some reason, I didn't think that would apply to school, but it has. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's gone so fast. And I've got how many more of these left? How, how many am I supposed to do? How many semesters are there? <laughs> um eight or something and I've got seven more and I'm sure that I'll be done in no time and that's pretty exciting and terrifying I wish Kennedy Broll the best of luck in the rest of her career at Cornell and thank her for taking the time to talk to me once again for WICB News for the last time ever I'm Michael Memes graduation is always a time filled with mixed emotions of excitement fear and sadness at leaving college and many memories behind. For this graduation special episode, I talked to various seniors who have been involved with WICB and VIC Radio, discussing their time there and at other IC student media during their time at Ithaca College. I'm Jay Bradley. I'm Michael Memes. I'm Christian Matry. Hi, I'm Melissa Spady. I am Lauren Leone. My name is Cam Gasmer. I'm Chelsea Beeks. Clayton Davis. I'm Eric Liberati. I'm Gabrielle Topping. I've done a lot in my time at Ithaca College, whether it be hosting events, playing music, or of course, homework. The thing that really anchored my experience was the journalism I was able to do here at WICB News. 
This was true before, during, and after the pandemic, and I'm going to miss it deeply. While the overall time at college wasn't cut short, it often felt like the opportunities were. The pandemic sent us all home sophomore year, and in many ways, it didn't feel like things were back to normal until, well, about these last few weeks. When normal goes to the wayside, though, it often makes for great reporting. And this year's graduating seniors did just that, regardless of the pandemic. With reporting on public health, racial justice protests, the school's challenges, and many fantastic cultural features on the area, this cohort of seniors graduating with me at IC News Radio are people who I've been really proud to call colleagues over the last few years. Whether it be Christian's dedicated reporting, Michael, Kim, and Clay's dedication to both news and sports, Lauren and Erica's contributions as part of a wide catalog of IC Media portfolio items, Chella and Gabrielle's, and later Ryan's consistent newscasts, or Alyssa's sharp policy analysis, getting to see their voices come into their own over the last two to four years, depending on the person, has been nothing but great. When I was abroad last fall, I really missed it, even though I managed to still get a story out during that time. So getting back this semester, even though I couldn't have the same dedication as last year when I was news director, was such a wonderful way to wrap up. And for all the different seniors I got to talk to in this last week of classes, they all reflected positively on their experience here and the different things they've done on air. My great friend and dutiful colleague, Christian Matry, who served as news production director. WICB's in a really cool spot with being a student outlet that serves the community. So they have a really important role. Um, and I think it's actually really important for students to remember how um, important that role is um, when you're doing WICB news and that like, it needs to like, it's good to have fun, but it needs to be taken seriously because you're actually putting out journalism that uh, people are looking towards to legitimately be informed. Radio all-rounder and great partner, Michael Memes. Writing and print media is not really my thing. Um, and really, I, I joined news just to kind of get more writing chops and just uh, improve my writing skills. Uh, I ended up enjoying it a lot. Um, you know, initially I couldn't even edit audio, so I really just sent it to Bridget. Now I obviously know how to make packages and how to edit uh, edit interviews and stuff like that. So Policy translator extraordinaire with an eagle's eye towards inequality issues, Alyssa Spady. I came into IC thinking that I was going to be a print journalist and nothing more. Um, and now I've done print, radio, and TV. Um, so I think being part of both radio stations, one, you get to learn how to just produce things audio-wise. Um, and two, I think audio is really cool because you can't have pictures, right? And you can't have video. Important, really, is the voices that you include and, like, the nat sound that you include um, just to help the listener really get immersed in the story that you're trying to convey. Thorough, dutiful, and always busy on getting things together for our next story, reporter Lauren Leone. Yeah, I think it affirms for me the importance of local news and especially local radio within the community landscape. But I think that some of the best work I've done has been through local radio um, because it's a chance for students to get their feet wet and build up their portfolios and have the freedom and space to work on pieces that otherwise different broadcast newsrooms might not let you do. For example, they wouldn't let me perhaps focus on mental health for 15 minutes, but I was able to because we have the chance at this level. Sports broadcaster turned newscaster, Cam Gasmer. Yeah, so I knew coming in that I wanted to be on air in some way, whether that be in sports or news, I wasn't really sure yet. So I started in sports, loved it, loved writing stories, loved researching all the stats and stuff like that as well. But then more on the news side, as I got into that, um, I would, when writing my newscasts, I would take articles on all sides of the political aisle, because a lot of news was political, and I would, I would combine them together to... I guess kind of meet in the middle sort of thing so that so especially more than on the news side it's taught me to always be objective and to find as many sources uh, as possible to, the, to be the most accurate as possible. So many great projects were worked on and completed by this group here covering protests, sporting events, elections, mental health, campus challenges, workforce movements, and more while putting to the mic newscasts that went out around Tompkins County, pandemic or not. When that started in 2020, new to my news director position and only having just solidified how remote newscasting work and doing coverage in tandem with members of ICTV's news department and bringing people like my opposite, Erica Liberati, who was ICTV's news director at the time, into the radio fold, it was all great. Many of our members also did collaborations with WRFI, and we even did a one-off episode with our friends across the hill at Cornell's WVBR. Gabrielle Topping was one of these latecomers and later was my great social media coordinator while news director last year, helping bring stories to life throughout different platforms. 
Yeah, I definitely stepped outside of my comfort zone as far as doing live newscasting because the first probably over a year I did all remote newscasting, which I did really like. But then transitioning to being like in the studio, um, I remember like the first day <laughs> there was like a whole audience, which I wasn't expecting, like because there's a bunch of people like shadowing the DJs. So I feel like that was kind of unexpected. But then I did realize that I was like totally fine and I did feel co- confident like speaking on the radio, even though I didn't necessarily think I would feel that way. Yeah, I love being the new social media coordinator. Um, it was a really cool experience being able to share all the great journalism that everyone at WICB and BIC does. And then just like being able to craft like tweets with like hashtags and engaging with people on social media because social media is such a huge part of everyone's lives. So it was nice to be able to share news in that way. Gabrielle worked with former reporter Skylar Eagle and Lauren Leone on a documentary last year, and Lauren made sure to take that long-form drive into radio, too. I worked on probably the longest-form piece I've ever had the chance to produce, which was on mental health during COVID-19. And I was able to hear from some local experts on not only how members are affected by the pandemic in terms of mental health, but also the people who care for them um, in the community medical professionals as well. Um, I've also had a chance to report on divestment at Cornell and them shifting away from fossil fuels. Christian Matry. Definitely my favorite project was covering the Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter protest uh, back um, in 2020. Uh, That's where I really kind of realized that I want to do journalism that affects, that can affect people positively and can incite change in some communities. Cam, Michael, and Clay Davis were crossovers from our sports department. They became such skilled journalists from their work in both departments. But I would say my favorite project has been this past year's Quirka game. I did a package for Sports Radio for one of the pregame shows. And not to pat myself on the back or anything here, but I think it's one of my best packages that I've done, both in radio and on TV. Um, so that was probably my favorite pack, my yeah. favorite product to work on. You can find these three on many episodes of WICB Sports Talk, as well as with ICTV. Quentin Davis, a newscaster and Ithka Now contributor, has been a friend since freshman year. And while I wasn't able to connect with him for this piece, it was great to see him take part in so many projects across IC student media. Michael was probably the biggest all-rounder in radio I know, DJing for both WICB and VIC while doing packages and casts for sports and news, even recently being a part of the 50-hour marathon at VIC and serving as production director for WICB this year and news web coordinator last year not to mention his work with ICTV as well. Naturally, when asked about his favorite projects, he had to give multiple. I'll give one for each. Uh, for DJing, definitely 50-hour marathon. That was so, like, I was I was strained by the end of it, but, like, doing that and helping raise that money for the community and being able to say I was one of 140 or so people who've ever done this, um, like, a huge accomplishment. Uh, for sports, doing a quarter of mic package last semester was awesome. I got to do a ton of alumni, kind of talk about a game that, like, very little known. Again, talking about like the stuff that, you know, the little known stuff. And then obviously this semester, I think doing the history of the studio media outlets was fun. Just getting that history that is kind of unknown, mm-hmm. especially for uh, VIC and a little bit ICTV. Um, I think that was fun and getting to like play around and, you know, be creative with the packages and like find old audio to use and all that. I, I think that was a ton of fun. Uh, but, you know, a ton of ton of fond memories I have with IC radio. Um, I'm also a, I think a huge fan of when I can find info that is not known, I think that's the thing that I love it most. You know, I, I think finding those stories, I think, have been the most satisfying rather than obviously like the stuff that, you know, is being covered by, you know, insert local news media outlet here. Mm-hmm. I think finding those stories have been the most rewarding. Alyssa, in many ways, formed her own path with something a bit different. When she wasn't working on ICTV's Newswatch or working on a documentary that she produced this year, she dove into the national side of things with her VIC podcast tackling key policy issues tackling the key policy issues of the day, trying to make them digestible and clear in a world of jargon. Policy Unplugged was kind of created out of my frustration for political news. Um, My beat is politics, and I love writing about it, but I feel like we write about politics in a way that is so jargon-filled and people don't understand it, so people don't want to read it and don't want to get involved. Um, So my goal with the podcast is to take topics like infrastructure or uh, COVID relief, things like that, and break them down in a way that, one, explains the history of it, why we're here, and two, gives people an idea of why it's impacting them, why it matters, and also just, you know, 
Why is this happening in general? I also unfortunately wasn't able to connect with Erica Liberati, who I was able to abduct briefly from ICTV to do work for Ithaca Now and newscasting, and Celestina Beeks, a wonderful and dedicated newscaster who helped me make the award-nominated piece on local religion in the pandemic that aired on Ithaca Now. You can check out their and other reporters' great work for the station on WICB.org. Also wanted to shout out and thank Ryan Bieber, a great journalist and DJ that did some newscasts for us this last year, who did newscasts for the first time this semester. All these great people were brought together by IC's radio and other student media with an important caveat of it being a real newsroom that goes beyond the campus out into the community. They all left their impact on the record of Ithaca and Tompkins County in one way or another through the stories they put to air. But the area also made an impact on them. Um, yeah, I mean, Ithaca is a small city, but it's very dense in terms of like things going on. Like, there's always something you can cover no matter what year you are, if you are involved in WICB News. One very good experience was during uh, COVID, which is when I did actually did a lot of different stories. I covered like the IC Open the Books protest and like the Black Lives Matter movement protests. And those for me kind of cemented that like going out and talking to people in the like local community and finding out their stories like kind of uh, gave me uh, a newfound passion for journalism and like showed me that I want to be a journalist that like goes out and, you know, talks to people and genuinely finds out more about um, people and their stories instead of just, like, you know, marking it and um, just putting out, like, cookie better stories. Um, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, you think of Ithaca, but you think of it's very different than the rest of Tompkins County. So uh, I think with WICB, I think we're very focused on Ithaca. Um, but I think with Ithaca, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of different issues. I think very it's very different. It's, like, kind of two separate is like one that's a college part and then there's the non-college part. I think they're two very distinct uh, groups and I think it's very different. Um, and obviously they have to interact, but I think it's it's very different from what you see that's going on on campus, whether Ithaca or Cornell, um, and then what's going on in the general community. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really crazy four years. Um, if it wasn't the pandemic, it was BLM. And if it wasn't BLM, it was, you know, just yesterday I covered an abortion protest because of the whole drafted opinion being leaked. Um, so I think Tompkins County and Ithaca in general is just a place that's chock full of news stories. Um, and, you know, if you're doing journalism here and you're saying, I can't find a story, that's impossible. Um, there is a Facebook group, a Twitter thread, something that you can go to to find an issue and to cover it. Um, you know, the housing crisis here in Ithaca, there's so much to cover. And that's why I think being an IC student and being an IC journalism student is so cool because we have the resources and we have the opportunities to go out and cover really big stories. Yeah, I definitely want all the journalists at Ithaca to continue pursuing what they find most interesting because I feel like when we're reporting, like when you have more of a choice in what you're reporting on, I feel like there's definitely more heart to the story and it's more impactful. Yeah, so like I personally like reporting on like theater and art and culture. So like I did a lot of that throughout my time at the college, but then also just like going outside of Ithaca as well, there's usually opportunities. It made me focus on how people locally are impacted by things that are happening maybe at our school on campus or how adversely our um, campus might be affected by something that's happening in the community or positively, you know, depending on what it is. So being able to speak to Folks who live in the area who experience these issues every day, it has helped me develop into the journalist that I am, and it has made me more empathetic, and just make sure that going forward in my career, I always consult those who have that expertise because they have the lived experience of being in this community. To me, what made IC Journalism special is this connection to the community that they really encourage you to have. Getting off campus to do your writing and producing as soon as you were willing to start. And I wasn't alone in that. Just that, you know, I've said this a lot, but this program is really special. And I know that if I went somewhere else, I don't know if I'd get the same sort of experience that I have. When they say from day one, they mean it. I mean, you are thrown into the fire in a good way. Um, and it teaches you just to be the best that you can be. And also not be, af don't be afraid to fail, you know, like part of journalism is just like a lead isn't what it was or a story wasn't what it was or a source wasn't what it was so just don't be afraid to go out there and put yourself out there the worst that could happen is it doesn't work i feel like ithaca's journalism program was definitely super unique as far as we started 
reporting right away. And we were exposed to so many different types of journalism. But then my sophomore year, I was like, let me join these things. And I, I really, one thing I regret I have is I didn't join those my freshman year. It's so much fun, so valuable to me. And, uh, and you know, I just wish I joined it a year earlier for, you know, for those. But yeah, obviously you can't, you know, you have to deal with your circumstances and you can't change what happened, obviously. And I've had an enjoyable time with news, with VIC, with WICB, obviously my four years with, with sports. And then obviously I started also doing broadcasting games, um, you know, especially behind the scenes and something I didn't do uh, my freshman year because I was not, I didn't know how to do it. And I was like, I don't want to fail. But I think the key thing is you, you know, you're good. You're going to fail. Um, it's, it's a learning experience. As much as we're a great station, it is a learning experience. You're going to learn. If you have a little hiccup, whatever, probably you're going to notice more than anyone else because you're, you know, you're your biggest critic. Well, number one, I really hope they get involved. Uh, this is the best place to do it. Uh, I know not a lot of schools offer the direct hands-on experience right from the jump. I know I stepped right into radio and TV as soon as I stepped on campus, um, and I've loved every minute of it. Um, so really get involved and reach out to upperclassmen as well. You know, they're a great resource. Um, they've been through pretty much everything that you're going to go through and probably more. Um, they're a great resource and, you know, always ask questions to not only upperclassmen, but faculty as well. You know, Jeremy Menard's a great uh, a great person to reach out to for any questions. News director, sports director, they've all, they've done it all as well. So those definitely reach out and definitely get as involved uh, as you can. I'd like to see it continue to focus more on the uh, local aspect because I think that's where its strong suit is, is focus on the, you know, covering things in the local community. And when something is going on, like if there is something that needs to be covered, it needs to get covered. There shouldn't be, you know, people like certain things that just kind of fall through the cracks. Like if, if there is a protest, someone needs to cover that. If there's um, something important going on in student government, that needs to get covered. Because I mean, people should think of it like a legitimate news outlet. Like if something's going on, it's you know, our jobs as journalists to inform the public about that, you know, no matter kind of how hard it is or, you know, the external issues going on with it. I'm very excited for graduation and I encourage all journalism students to definitely try to get involved with the radio and TV and the newspapers and magazines and see where they find their passions. Um, so I really hope that the kids here, like students here, just kind of run with that and keep it going. It's a great place. A great place is an understatement. Um, you know, I haven't just learned here, but I've grown as a journalist. And that's like the biggest thing. Um, don't be afraid to go out and get the stories. Don't be afraid to ruffle some feathers. It's our job to do that. Um, and it makes the campus more aware of what's happening. And it also makes the community more aware of what's happening. I mean, Cornell and Ithaca students make up a huge population in this, in this city. And when something doesn't sit right with us, we have to, you know, cover that and make sure that people know that. Um, so engage, engage, engage as much as you can. I would encourage anyone, regardless of which student media you're involved in, to not be afraid to explore different avenues. It wasn't until my junior year, really, the summer reporting project right after sophomore year in the shutdown that I got involved with WICB. And of course, a lot of folks had started freshman year. So it's never too late to join student media and it's never too late to sort of change your trajectory while you're there. It wasn't until last semester when I became a newscaster. And so, yeah, I would just recommend to anybody else to be really open to learning and be ambitious and try as many new things as you can while you're here because it's a time to explore and really find your voice in radio and become more confident in your delivery. And yeah, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to develop my own style. It's really weird, man. I'm going to miss college radio. I'm not going to have the freedom um, that I had here in um, other radio stations. I had the most fun I could possibly have doing journalism with WICB. And I mean that genuinely because like you're working with people that really care about what they're doing and um, you're covering things that matter and that make a difference. It's not just you know filling an assignment. It's actually making content that um, you know can go towards real change. And I think that's the best thing you can do as a student journalist. And WICB gave me that opportunity. So, about me then. If you've listened to WICB news over this last few years, you may have heard my voice. Freshman year, I got snagged into WICB at the recruitment night by then-news director Hannah Breisinger. Later that semester, I did my first package about students who had traveled to the Mexican border. 
editing was choppy, interviews were noisy, the script was okay at best, and I finished it last minute because of edits, but I knew I wanted to get better. A few weeks later, I did a longer package about a gerontology department event, and I was hooked. I was production director and managing director as a news assistant throughout freshman and sophomore year, then finally news director during the pandemic. Through this department, I got to interview so many people, learn about the Finger Lakes and Tompkins County so much, and make some great work with great colleagues. A lot of late nights trying to find or write that one more story for Ithaca now is something I won't be forgetting anytime soon. Ithaca is a wonderful community with a thriving art scene that I'll be sad to leave and eager to return to when I can. Handing the position off to Himachri was bittersweet, as while going to London was an incredibly eye-opening experience, it also made me hand off the most fun job I've ever had. I'm glad this great work has kept being done over this last year, and I know that Beck will do a phenomenal job in the year to come. News Radio here at IC had some of my proudest and happiest moments, and I can't wait to hear what they do next and see where all these great graduating seniors go next year. It's confirmed a lot to me about the importance of on-the-ground local news and how much we need to see more of it throughout this country. I'm going to be taking these lessons I've learned at all levels of IC Radio here with me for a long time. To anyone I've missed that is graduating this year that helped out in their time at IC with the radio news department and all the DJs that have had to fill a newscast in moments of desperation, thank you so much for contributing to this great station. If you want to keep track of these amazing journalists going forward, follow their social medias to see their journey and their insight for future stories they work on. Christians is at Christian Maytree, except the E at the end is three. Michaels is at Memis Michael. Gabrielle's is Topping Gabrielle. The last name, first name, with only one G in the middle. Lawrence is underscore Lauren Leone. Clay's is at Clayton D554. Chellis is at Beak Stelestina. Cam's is at C Gasmer. Erica's is at E Liberati News. Ryan's is at Ryan underscore Biebs, B I E B S. And finally, you can follow me at J R Bradley. That's J A Y R Bradley. It's been a great time, and Ithaca will always be a part of me forever. Thanks to all I've met as part of this experience, and I'm going to enjoy these last few newscasts I have at this station as much as I can. For WICB News, signing off, I'm Jay Bradley. And that's all for tonight's edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org, and if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear the show anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager Connor Hibbard, and Programming Director Harrison Kona. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by News Director Hamadri Saith with assistance from News Managing Director Jordan Broking, News Production Director and Incoming News Director Beck Ogato, and Social Media Coordinator Emma Kirsten. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi, feel free to reach out by emailing news at WICB.org. We'll be back with a best of episode for stories produced in the spring next Sunday at 7 p.m. For WICB News, for my last time hosting, I'm Jay Bradley.